In today's episode, we are looking back at all of the action from Sunday in the NBA, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Well, interesting stuff happening on Sunday. Lots of games. Lots of uh, performances. Hey, let's talk about some of those performances right now. First game up, the Memphis Grizzlies. They lose to the Thunder, to half a Thunder team, a third of a Thunder team, whatever the hell this is, 122 to 128. Let's talk about Memphis, and let's start with Taylor Jenkins continuing to be an absolute dick sniffer. Why is D'Anthony Melton playing only 19 minutes? Melton, by the way, if you're curious, was a plus 14. The only other player who was a plus in this game, that's not true, there was two players who were pluses outside of him, plus six for Morant and plus one for Dylan Brooks. 19 minutes for DeAnthony Melton. He had 13 points, three assists, three steals, shot 55%. This absolute nonsense of Melton being out of the rotation and then finally Jenkins waking up and going, yeah, he's probably better than Grayson Allen, like no shit, and playing him over Grayson Allen, but still playing him fewer minutes than than spuds like Justice Winslow or even Desmond Bain, who I do like. Melton should be getting these minutes. It is as absolutely plain as dog's balls that he should be playing more. And at some point, it's going to click. He must be rostered in 12-team leagues. He's the 34th ranked player over the last two weeks in 21 minutes a game. He's not going to be that good per minute, but Jesus Christ. Just give this guy more playing time. Must roster. Jar Morant, 22.7 assists. A little bit empty in other areas. Only one rebound, one three. At least he got a steal, and he was great from the line. While the big fella, Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Vasilinovasas. 16 and 14 with four assists. Continues to be really good. Kyle Anderson, you have to worry about the minutes. 24 of them. Now, 13 points and three assists on 86% shooting is good. But it's also bad because 86% shooting is not real. He took seven shots. So instead of hitting six, if he hits four, we're talking uh, nine points, nine, three, and three. And if anyone gets excited about that, well, I've got a few other things that might excite you that are just a little bit more interesting than Kyle Anderson's nine, three, and three. Is he trending towards a drop? Yeah. Look, he's outside the top 200 over the last two weeks. It is going to get worse when Jaron Jackson, the Spectre, when he ever returns, which might be in 2024. I don't know when Jaron returns. Um, but for now, I think in a 10-team league, you have to consider Anderson a drop candidate. Brandon Clark brought the defense, which is strong, one steal and two blocks. While Dylan Brooks never never met a shot he didn't want to take. 19 points on 18 shot attempts. He had three assists and a steal. Continues to just brutalize your field goal percentage. That's just the standard there. While Justice Winslow. Get that garbage out of here! Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H! Yeah, TH for life! He's definitely not a TH. That was a mistake. He needs to go. Seven points, four rebounds, 24 minutes. Feel sorry for Justice and all the injuries he's under undergone, but 
he shouldn't be getting he shouldn't be on a 12 team roster and he still is for some bloody reason. 7 points only for Desmond Bain and a horrible negative 15 which was a team worse. And I like Desmond Bain, but that was not a good performance. Onto the Thunder. They were missing Al Horford, Darius Baisley, the Salt Flake, Theo Maladon, Lou Dort, George Hill, and Sfima Kaluk. Yet they won by starting a lineup of Shea Gildas Alexander, Ty Jerome, Justin Jackson, Alexei Pokyshevsky, and Moses Brown. Moses Brown. 24 minutes for Brownie. He fouled out. He had 13 and 4 with a steal and a block. And he hit all of his free throws, which is actually amazing for this dude. I think that he is a 12-team league uh, potential ad. Now, I don't know how they're going to run things when Horford and Baisley and Dort and Maladon and McKay Luke all return. That is five rotation blokes, six if you include George Hill. I don't know how that's all going to work, but I happily take a flyer on him and just to see what they do. They started him over Isaiah Robite. Now, Roby played more minutes and had 10 and 8 with a steal and two blocks. But that's interesting for Moses. How about my boy Alexei Pokyshevsky? I looked back at my last mock draft that I had him at number nine. I'm okay with that. 23 and 10, five triples, one steal, two blocks, big percentages. He won't be this good. He won't play 39 minutes. Because again, there's six rotation blokes that have to come back. I think he is a long-term better prospect than Darius Baisley. I'd probably give him minutes over Darius Baisley this season, to be honest. And his fantasy upside is absolutely through the roof. Um, He is a top 30 fantasy player. Uh, Pokashevsky, if uh, and maybe I might have said other numbers. Maybe should, maybe he's top twenty-five if it all works out in thirty-five minutes. He's a top twenty-five player. Um, that's not happening this year, of course. Like he's nowhere near nowhere near that this season. That's just not going to happen. But we're seeing the flashes. Is he a must-add player? No, because it's just finding enough minutes for him to be that effective is not easy. Um, I just don't see how we're able to do that. But yeah, things can happen. They might just say, "Well, Baisley, we've given you a chance to begin the year. Let's see what uh, let's see what Poku can do." That's a possibility. I'd add him in all sixteen team leagues for sure. I'd consider it in fourteen teamers. I think I would add him in fourteen teamers to be honest. And um, I, I think we can uh, be pretty excited about what he's bringing. Shea was great again: thirty points, four triples, and five assists. While Darius Miller chimed in with eleven points. And let's talk about Ty Jerome as well, because I think there's a chance that Jerome can get some decent minutes here. Twelve points, six rebounds, five assists, two steals. He profiled okay coming out of college with some good steal numbers and really good assist numbers. Um, struggled last season for sure, but he's found his footing here. Is he a better option than Maladon? I'm not sure. He could be. He absolutely could be. Um, I think, again, he's more of just that 16-team league streamer, but he's someone to watch. He could also be out of the rotation when these six blokes get back. But he's been uh, impressive enough that uh, I'm interested to see what he can bring for us. Guys, I need to tell you about Headspace because we're all living in stressful times. We are dealing with work. Hey, I'm dealing with work. The NBA is such a busy thing that goes on and I need to get my daily dose of mindfulness and I can do that with Headspace. It is guided meditation in an easy to use app. It is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has a three minute SOS meditation for you. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star review, five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal 
deal offered right now. So head to headspace.com slash locked on NBA today. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using our promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. We've also got, guys, a March Madness Bracket Challenge. It's on ESPN. It's the Locked On Listener Bracket. You can go search it. There is going to be a link to it in the show notes as well. So go and check that out, and you can go and compete against Locked On hosts and Locked On listeners across all of the shows in your March Madness bracket. So go and uh, go check that out. All right, let's go on to the next game, the second game of the day. We're looking at the uh, Golden State Warriors and the Utah Jazz, and the Warriors beat the Jazz at home pretty comfortably in the end, 131-119. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Yeah, that's a big boy from Rudy Gobert. 24 and 28, two steals, four blocks, 80%. Pretty rough on the free throw, 62%, but 77 fantasy points all up. A really nice night from Gobert. Well, Conley was also really good, 23-2-6. Um, Jordy Clarkson, we are seeing some regression there. There's good volume, but 25 minutes for 21 points and 23 shots. Yeah, he is falling off. He's outside the top 110 over the last two weeks. And remember, he was a top 50 guy. He's now fallen to 80th this season. And this is about in line, I think, where he should be. Don Mitchell, not so good. He's done. He's good. 24 points on 39% shooting. Zero rebounds, zero steals, zero blocks is not ideal. Four assists is okay, but one of his worst recent games. But to be honest, his last couple, mainly due to bad shooting, haven't been good. 95th ranked player over the last two weeks. Pretty tough to hold Boyan Bogdanovich. Nine points in 27 minutes on 22% shooting. He's the 158th ranked player this year. He's just consistently around that area, that back-end 12-team league guy, which is fine. But in general... If he's your worst player, you know, streaming is probably going to be more effective. Now, it is hard to give up a bloke who was a top 100 guy last season, but he's not that this year, and I think you have to consider moving on. For the Warriors, let's talk about Blunty. Didn't start, didn't surprise me, but 23 minutes, 16 and 4 is really good. He didn't have an assist or a steal. He had one block. He was 73 from the field. He had 22 usage, and he still was a minus four in a game that they won by 12 points. That's a little bit of a concern, but it is against Rudy Gobert, so we've got to give him some sort of slack there. But the clear indication is the 10 minutes for, uh, sorry, 11 minutes for Looney, and the 23 minutes for Wiseman is them pushing those minutes up. Now, I still don't believe he is absolutely guaranteed must roster. He's the 213th ranked player this season in 21 minutes. Will he ever get to 30 this year? I have significant doubts about that. But at 25, then yeah, there is value in him there. So if you want to grab him, by all means, I don't think it's you know, guaranteed must roster. What are you doing if he's not on your team? Uh, you know, He hasn't performed at that level and he hasn't shown to be that good of a player yet. But this was encouraging. Draymond had a good triple-double, 11, 12, and 12, while Steph had 32, 5, and 9. But let's talk about Jordan Poole. 18 points in 22 minutes. There's a chance that he can um, close games for this team. That's uh, not great news for a Cali Oubre. Um, but that sort of scoring punch that Jordan Poole brings, and he can handle the ball a little bit, I think it's encouraging. If you're looking for a streamer for scoring, which you, know, you could have streamed him in today and it would have worked out pretty nicely, or if you're in a deeper format, 
Jordan Poole looks to have cemented his spot in the rotation ahead of Damian Lee, and that's really good. Deeper leagues, Nico Mannion, you can look at as well. Five points in 12 minutes. He had two assists and two steals. That's just really deep stuff, but he's still there. While Kelly Oubre, seven points in 30 minutes. We're not dropping him, but that's not ideal. And Andy Wiggins had 28 in 38 minutes with three steals and two assists on 75% shooting. So if there's a big Andrew Wiggins stand, I don't think they still uh, exist. But if there is one, you probably want to look to sell high after that level of performance. It's just not going to be sustainable. Next game, what an ass-kicking this was. The Sixers beat the Spurs 134-99. And before you, you guys are expecting it. You guys want me to do it? Maybe some of you maybe don't want me to do it. But. Maximum Derek. But before I start on that, Derek White was a team worst minus 26. That's bad. The stats? They're good. 25 minutes, 17, 4 and 4, 2 steals, 4 blocks, 3 3. So I will never answer this question again. And the question I get all the time Josh, why are you so high on Derek White? Why do you think he's good? That, that is why I think he's good, because he is good. Oh, actually, my answer to that is because he is good, but that is why I think he's good. That is why I know he's a good fantasy player. Two out of his last three games, or sorry, three, two out of his last four games have been absolute rock-solid monsters, absolutely huge games. There was a shit-house one in there, and there was an average game in there. But he is really good. He has unbelievable top 50 upside. He probably won't be a top 50 player this year. But despite all the protestations... Despite the Derek Ward sucks, minimum Derek, you're shit, Josh. Despite all that, he's the 128th ranked player this year in 24 minutes a game. I bet you didn't know that. He is good. And I will not be taking any further questions on Derek White at this point. DeJounte Murray struggled a little bit, 14 and 6. Well, Yaku Pertle also struggled. He was, along with Derek White, a team worst minus 26. 7-5 and five with two blocks. I am still rostering Pirtle. Yes, he is going to absolutely root your free throw percentage. And by root, I mean kids off. I mean, fuck it up. Like, he's going to fuck it up. Like, that is what he's going to do. It is low attempts, but it's so bad, he's going to screw it. But you got to roster him. Calden Johnson, I'm not so sure about. If I'm in a 10-team league, he's, uh, his ass is out of here all the way. Get that garbage out of here! There's just, I don't know. He just, he's, and, and for, for the people who are telling me Keldon over Derek White, Derek White's now ranked higher than Keldon Johnson on a per game basis this year. Keldon Johnson had 10 points. He had zero rebounds, one assist, no threes, no steals, and no blocks. Now he's better than this. He is still probably worth a 12 team league hold. But after that hot three, four week start to the season, he's really cooled off. And he's, he's fine. He's solid as a player. But we shouldn't be looking at him as 100% infallible. He's fine. I w- would you? What would you put it at? Five percent chance that Luca Sharmanich becomes a better player than Keldon Johnson? Maybe. I-, I I still like Keldon a lot, but he has fallen off quite a bit. Speaking of falling off, holy shit, Rudy Gay, zero points, zero of six. He had been absolutely rolling. This was shit house. He is a fourteen-team league guy with some twelve-team league utility. I haven't even touched on Drew Eubanks. 17 and nine in twenty-four minutes with two blocks. Eubanks has shown nearly every time he's been on the court that he can be good. This, of course, was a weird scenario given the blowout nature of the game, but he should get every backup center minute instead of Trey Lyles, who is just shit, really. And Lyle started this game for DeRozan. 
Eubanks is a name to watch for deeper leagues. That was an impressive performance. Lonnie Walker scored 15 points, but in true Lonnie Walker style, he had zero rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks. Shout out to the OG, Tony Snell. Um, on to the Sixers side of things. The Thick Hogsman. Um, I think I am a TH. Uh, TH. Yeah, TH for life. Man, I've screwed up the TH drop twice there. That's bad. 23-9-7, and seven, two steals and a block. No Joel Embiid, so he went bananas. Well, Matisse Thibel, the painter. Three steals, one block, 100% from the field. His defense is going, he's really key. And he is, amazingly, the 66th ranked player over the last two weeks because of these defensive stats. Great value there. Well, Dan Green had 16 points, four triples and two blocks. Also another defensive stat guy. Seth Curry had 21 points. Good production there. While the centers replacing Joel Embiid. Dwight Howard played 20 minutes, had eight and eight. Tone Bradley played 21 before hurting his ankle, 4-8. and eight. Now, Bradley looks like he'll be fine. Both of those guys can be fringe 12-team league guys. Definite 14-team league ads, but fringe 12-teamers as stream options in particular. I want to see Paul Reed play. I reckon he's going to be an absolute fantasy monster if he can get minutes. I just don't think it's happening, unfortunately. Ferky from Turkey dropped in 16 points with four threes in his 15 minutes, while Simmons returned, played just 26 minutes, and had 14-4-9. Ho-hum for Ben Ben Simmons. I don't know why I said Ben twice, because his name is only one Ben. Guys, it's that time. It's not only March Madness, it's Built Bar Madness. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now's the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. The matchups aren't out. Yep, so you can go to BuiltBar.com or you can go to their Twitter account, Bar underscore Built, to check out what today's matchups are. And remember, when you're ordering these protein bars, which are absolutely bloody delicious, remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15. It's a new promo code, LOCKED15, to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup or who will become the best tasting protein bar ever. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. All right, well, enough of that stupidity. Let's go on to the next game. The Miami Heat. They win against the Orlando Magic 102-97. All right, this bloke. Because he's my butler. 68 fantasy points. 29-7-9, five steals, one block, 59 from the field, 90 from the line. Jimmy Butler is absolutely rolling. He is the number one player over the last two weeks. He is the number 12 ranked player this season. I got him at number 43 in my 30 deep draft, and then he missed like those first three weeks of the season, and I was rooted. And now I'm rooted a bit in a good way. Oh, it's going well. It is going well. Um, I, you look at that and you go, he's the number one player, and you go, he's a sell high guy. Now, unless I'm getting a top nine, top 10 guy back, I'm not doing it. I'm just writing this out. Don't trade him for a top 15 player. Don't trade him for a top 20 player. Go high. If it doesn't work, who cares? Just run run with it. I've believed in Kelly Olenek as a good fantasy player for a long time. It has bit me on the ass a lot of times. At the moment, it is not. 18-7-4, three steals, two blocks, three threes. That is an absolute monster from Olenek, who is a top 25 player over the last two weeks. Yes, there's no Bam Adebayo. If you can sell Kelly Olenek for any top 100 player, I'd probably do it. But there is, there is a chance that they say, well, Kelly's just doing this shit. We play him next to Bam. He plays 29 minutes. He's a top 100 guy. Now, that's probably unlikely. We've seen it try and fail so many times. But as this center, distributing defense, it just it's amazing what he's doing. Tyler Hero, he's back. Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. Yeah, 
29 minutes, 22 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 4 threes, 1 steal, 1 block. Uh, that's big. Should be a 12-team league guy. 40 fantasy points, and I think you know where this is leading to, to uh, Kendrick Nunn. Get that garbage out of here! I don't know how long I've been saying it for. you got to drop him. 3 points in 18 minutes, 1 of 9 from the field. He had a nice little run. He was putting up good numbers. Don't be surprised if he's out of the rotation when Bam and Avery Bradley return. Trade him for any top 100 player, literally any top 100 guy. Trade him for Moses Brown, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I know Moses Brown isn't a top 100 player. Um, yeah, he's done. Goran Dragic, three points with eight assists and two steals, while Dunk Robinson had 14 points. But how about Casey Okpala? Now, Okpala's a guy that's been shit most of the time for fantasy. In fact, he's the 406th ranked player, so shit is an apt description. But two steals and two blocks in a start for Bam, it's encouraging. He's a long way away from being fantasy relevant. It's encouraging, and uh, all we want to do is feel encouraged. On to the magic, Nikola Vucevic. It's Vucevic. 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 38, 10, and 6. Six threes, two steals. This dude is unbelievable. 58 fantasy points. He's the sixth-ranked player over the last two weeks. 38 minutes. Um, Yes, there's no Aaron Gordon, which is troubling as shit that Gordon came back, played 14 minutes, and missed the next two games. No Fournier, no Anthony. Um... This is the biggest sell-high moment in Vuce's career. He could get traded at some point. He won't, but he could. Fournier, Gordon, Anthony, and then next year, Fultz, Isaac, high draft pick. Like, he's not going to have this year again. This is as sell-high as it gets. Terry Ross had 31 with eight triples in 34 minutes. Make sure he's on a roster while the Baconator. Um, nine points on nine shots. Who is worse, Dwayne Bacon or Dylan Brooks? It's a good question. But that's not bad with those guys out. While Chumura Kiki played 21 minutes and the reliance on Steve Clifford to play El Farouk Aminu continues to piss me off. No end. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. But you know what? It's actually just shit every game now from El Farouk Aminu. Two points with a steal in 26 minutes. Mickey Carter-Williams was atrocious with his percentages, but 9-3-7 and seven is not bad counting stats-wise. And then not out, not much else to talk about. Four points for Chasen Randall in his 24 minutes. Yes, Chasen Randall is on the Orlando Magic. Let's go. Next game. Ooh, um, the Hawks win it. 100 over the Cavs. 82. Let's talk about Kevin Love. I like Kevin Love a lot. Um, yeah, I, I like him a lot. Uh, I think it's incredibly um, brave, the stuff that he's done for mental health. Him and DeMar DeRozan really getting it out there early on. But he is in uh, he's in real trouble at the moment. There he played this game for one minute and like fifty seconds. Uh, in fact, one minute forty one seconds, and then had to leave because he wasn't feeling comfortable with his calf. He's played what two games this year, and then came back and played ten minutes, and then two minutes, and still not feeling right with his calf. He would be the first to admit. I don't know the bloke, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he wouldn't admit this that there is a there is a large mental. Uh, component to this that he just cannot get right and he just cannot trust his body I uh, I I, mm, I th- yeah I, I, I'm really worried about what this means for Kevin Love and his career and this I'm not writing him off I'm not saying this is the end of things but this is a real worry I would I would not if I'm in a fighting for a playoff spot in a fantasy league I am not bothering to hold Kevin Love I am really concerned about this the thing I've talked about with Larry Nance is as soon as they're healthy, the Cavs don't value him. They will they will bench him. And that happened today. Now, of course, Kevin Love got hurt, so Nance's minutes are probably going to spike. 
But four points in 26 minutes, he is going to find it literally impossible to be as good as he was to begin this season. And he is still someone to hold on to in 12-team leagues, but that was not ideal. Six points in 25 minutes for Isaac Okoro while Darius Garland returned to action. And following on from the discussion I had in the pregame show today, dudes, he's a must-roster player. Every league, you've got to have make, make sure Darius Garland isn't on a waiver wire. 11 points, 7 assists. Look, that's not spectacular, but 7 assists is good. And he is good. Just, it couldn't have been worse for Colin Sexton unless your name was Jared Allen. Sexton had 15 points, and he did it in Colin Sexton style. Actually, old Colin Sexton style. One three, two rebounds, one assist, no steals, no blocks. 29 from the field and 67 from the line. That is just as bad as it gets. Um, don't worry too much about it. 42% from Jared Allen from the line is also atrocious. He had 9-11. This was just a disgusting game from the Cavs where Okoro, Nance, Garland, Sexton, and Allen were all minus 20s. JaVale McGee was all right. Dylan Windler was all right. I I wish they would give him more of an opportunity, Um, but it's just very hard to take too much away from this game considering just how much of a uh, blowout it was. On the Hawks side of things, there was no Onyeka Okongwu. There was no Clint Capella. So that means it's a big John Collins night, right? Only 31 minutes. Now, I know he got four fouls. Oh, sorry, three fouls again. But that is, to me, that is damning. It is a blowout. Actually, you know what? Now, let, let me scrap that. It's not that damning. He played the most minutes on the team. So it is It is blowout related. He had 22 and 12. We're two weeks away from the trade deadline. I would normally, in this scenario, say sell John Collins. Because Nate McMillan does like what Dinla Gallinari is doing. I would wait to see what happens in a trade. As for the Italian cock. Hands off my cock. 63rd ranked player over the last two weeks. McMillan likes him. McMillan's boosting his minutes and he's playing better in McMillan's system. He is an ad at this point. Uh, Kevin Herter had 12 and 6. Trey Young had 14, 2 and 6. And Bogdan Bogdanovich, it's his best game. 12 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. Not 12 team must roster. And I can't believe it happened over the weekend. But guys, Tony Snell attempted his first free throws. So I didn't get to talk about it, but here we are. I'm excited. He took his first free throws. Great stuff. Um, I'm burying the lead. How about the big fella, Sir Nathan Knight? 23 minutes, 16 and 9, one steal, two blocks. Earlier in the season, he came in and flashed. and went, holy shit, who is this guy? Now, he is significantly better than Bruno Fernando. He is, I think he's better than Solomon Hill. And at this point, as much as I hate to say it, because I like Onyekara Kongwu, he's better than Onyekara Kongwu. I don't know what the hell we do with this for Knight, where he goes long-term, or even this season, but it took Capella and Okongwu being out. But he's a guy that flashes. Whenever he's out there, he's exciting to watch. And uh, not sure how much more you can ask for than uh, than being yeah, good when you're out there, which is exactly what he's doing. All right, let's go on to the next game, which was another absolute ass-kicking. The Boston Celtics beat the Rockets 134-107. The Rock, DJ. 19 minutes, 16-13 a steal, and three blocks. Now, that is massive. He is a must-roster player. I worry a little bit about the 19 minutes because Brad Stevens continues to go with the Thompson-Tice starting combination, although Tice played six minutes in this one. You just got to have Robert Williams on a roster. Jason Tatum, 23-6-6, was good. While Jalen Brown, finally, the shooting is back. 24 points in 27 minutes. Not that the opposition was really all that quality. Um, and then Tristan Thompson had 8-13 and 13 in his 18 minutes. Only 19 minutes for Marcus Smart, but realistically, what the hell are we taking away from this game? They beat the Rockets easily. We saw we saw nine minutes of Taco fall. That should give you enough uh, to understand where this game was at. Um, the, the takeaway is to just make sure Rob Williams is not on any waiver wire. All right, let's talk Rockets. Kenyon Martin Jr., 
31 minutes, 21, 4, and 3. Two steals, one block, two triples. He's played three games. He's the 30th ranked player since doing that. Guaranteed 14-team league ad. I think he's a 12-teamer. That is amazing. That is actually... Okay. That's amazing. Do you want to know something crazy? He's the 30th ranked player in his three games. Fantasy basketball's boyfriend, Kevin Porter, is the 77th ranked player. Yeah, that's holy. Sh- that's that's a holy shit for me. That is a big game for Martin. I I'm adding him. Justin Patton had seven and six with three blocks. How it all works when everyone returns, I've got no bloody idea. But he's worth having. Well, Victor Oladipo, you're going to be shocked to know this, but Victor Oladipo was horribly inefficient and was one of the worst players on the court. Minus 22, 26 points on 39% shooting with six rebounds and four assists. Well, let's talk about Kevin Porter because if we're going to blow smoke up his ass, we have to suck it back out. Maybe, if you want. Um, 30 minutes, 11 points, 25% shooting with seven assists, zero steals and zero blocks. I think we, this is like, he, I, I think he's probably like a, in, in this area, 70 to 100, depending on what happens with trades. We people, like, not me, but people listening to this show, other people out there, like hype this bloke up absolutely to the roof. Like, and yeah, to the moon, maybe, as some people would say. Like, calm your tits. He's fine. He's solid. But he's not infallible, obviously. Uh, David Nwaba playing through this wrist injury. That's fine. Well, uh, Jay Sean Tate, the wild thing, had four steals and a block. Tate is more of a 14-team than 12-team must roster. He can be a 12-team league guy. Mason Jones is absolutely a name to watch for me. 14 points, four threes. They cut him, which was stupid. They re-signed him. I wish they would just give him more long-term value, but 14 points, four threes, three assists. Just a name to watch. Just to see what happens with his role. He's better than Bam McLemore. I think he's better than Anthony Lamb. And uh, he, he is someone to just pay attention to. But uh, Kenyon Martin, far out. That is uh, that's some wild shit right there. And uh, yeah, the, the only player who was a positive uh, in plus minus was Mason Jones. And then it was Tate and Martin, the next best at minus seven, minus nine. Pretty interesting stuff. Next game. Man, Portland, that's embarrassing shit there. They lose to the Wolves, 112-114. Lillard had 38 with six triples and seven rebounds. That's good. Bob Covington, 19-7-5 and five with four triples, a steal, and a block. That's also good. Gary Trent, finally, with a good game. Hey, sell Gary Trent for any top 120 player you can. After this, 21 points, four triples, four rebounds, two assists, and two steals. McCullum and Nurkic, they're coming back, maybe this week. Mallow was all right, 16-4-5. He was also a plus eight. Carmelo Anthony, hold on to your dicks. Hold on to your neighbor's dicks. Grab some butts, whatever you want to do. Mallow's a 24th-ranked player over the last two weeks. I know it's staggering, and I don't know how it's happening, but it is happening. So if you want to add him in 12-team leagues, by all means, just don't expect it to last. Derek Jones was horrible. Zero points in 20 minutes with not much else going on there. He is not a must-roster 12-team league guy, while Cantor had 4-11. and 11. Just a rough, rough night uh, for this Blazers team. While the Wolves, they were without Malik Beasley, Jaden McDaniels, Jordan McLaughlin, D'Angelo Russell, and Jarrett Culver. And they won. Anthony Edwards played 37 minutes, had a trip to the locker room, had 34 points with six threes. Great efficiency. Um, amazing stuff. A really, really good game. Obviously, a must-roster player. Jared Vanderbilt with no Jaden McDaniels. He only played 22 minutes, but it didn't really matter because he had 12-9 and nine with two steals and three blocks on 100% shooting. And this is why I like him as a fantasy prospect. I don't think he's the best player out there. I don't think he's even that good. But he has an ability to rack up rebounds, steals, blocks with good field goal percentage. 
Now, previously, he'd been playing like 16 minutes a night, which is not worth it. And I'm not even sure it's going to be worth it from now on out, but that was good. Jalen Noel, 14 points with four threes. A nice 14-team league guy. Carl Anthony Towns. Um, um, the eight assists is good from Towns. 13 points, nine shots. Nine shots? What the hell are we doing in this offense? Anthony Edwards takes 24. Now, Anthony Edwards was good, but Carl Anthony Towns is great. That's some horrible... Um, and look, at some point, the blame goes to Towns. I can blame Ryan Saunders. I can blame Tom Thibodeau. I can blame Chris Finch, but that's three coaches where he sits back and the guards just dominate the ball. It shouldn't happen like that. It's concerning. Jake Lehman had five points in 21 minutes, while Wancho had five points in 23 minutes. And you look at the box, how the hell did they beat the Wolves? Well, Ricky Rubio was pretty good, 15-5-7. and seven. Um, And uh, Josh Okogi actually did something offensively. Now, Okogi missed every shot that he took and had 10 points because he got to the line 11 times. Don't rely upon that, please. I beg you. All right, so let's move now on to the next game. We're looking at the Chicago Bulls. New look Chicago Bulls beating the Toronto Raptors 117-95. The Raptors were still without Ananobi, Siakam, Van Vliet, McCaw, and Flynn. Lowry got ejected at the end. It was a good game from Stormer Norman Powell. Once more, 32 points on 59% shooting. He missed one two-pointer. He was 10 of 11 from two-point range. 27% from three is not great. Five assists, a steal, and a block. He continues to be really, really good. 20th ranked player over the last two weeks. Lowry had 20 with eight assists before he was ejected, while the wiki Chris Boucher had some foul issues. That kept him to 26 minutes. 17 points in a triple one is still pretty good. They started Terrence Davis over DeAndre Bembry. It didn't really do that well. Six points with two threes, while Stan Johnson had two points in 14 minutes, and Bembry went scoreless in 16. They are obviously missing a ton of depth and a ton of starters, so they're going to be better as they move forward. Recently signed Henry Allenson had six points in 20 minutes, but... We don't. I don't think need to pay any attention to him. For the Bulls, they made that change. Sataransky and Thad Young started. Kobe White and Wendell Carter Jr. went to the bench. So let's start with Thomas. 26 minutes, 10, 6, and 7, two threes, one steal, two blocks. I'd add him in 12-team leagues. Let's just see what happens with it. That is nice across-the-board production. Wendell Carter Jr. played only 19 minutes. That's not great. But 12 and 11 with a steal and a block is. He was plus 12, which is almost a team best. I'd be holding him just to see what happens over this next week. Kobe White in his Jordan Clarkson role. 27 minutes, 13, 4, and 5. Still inefficient, but a team best plus 23. Hey, really good numbers for White. You still hold him. Thad Young, not ideal. 10, 7, and 7. Still okay. Uh, Levine was not great. 15, 6, and 3 in 34 minutes, but we give him a pass. But the big player, the big performance was Patty Williams. 27 minutes, 22, 6, and 4 with a triple one. Okay, I don't believe 23 usage for Williams is real. I don't believe 64% shooting from Williams is real. The triple one, sure, he can do that. He is the 180th ranked player this season. This is a great performance, but I don't think it means he's a rush to add in 12-team formats. 14-team is sure. This was great, but I'd like to see more. I think I've seen enough from Larry Markkinen, though. Like, what is he? He's not good. I don't, he's not that good. Let's phrase it that way. 13 and 7, two threes, a steal, and a block. He lacks so much in so many areas to be a good fantasy player. And I just don't think he's a good NBA player, really. Or he's not a very good NBA player. He's an average NBA player. Um, and if he's the bloke that you are you know, wanting to develop over Wendell Carter, I think you're making a big mistake if you're the Bulls. But that's what they're doing at the moment. We'll see how it goes. Maybe they're just doing it. Maybe they're showcasing him, which, again, is one of the most horrendous ideas that you ever hear. Because does it, are GMs this dumb? Maybe. Maybe they are. 
I'll, 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 for those of you who are new, showcasing for a trade, I hate the phrase. I hate hearing it. When has it ever worked? That you go out there and you, you go to other GMs and you put a guy out there and you start him and you play him big minutes and you go, nah, he's a really big part of our future. Huge wink if you're not watching on video. We really love him. Like, who's fooling for this shit? I've seen Larry Markkinen for four friggin' years. I know who he is. Is a GM just going to go, oh, well, they benched Wendell Carter, so they must think Larry Markkinen is awesome, so therefore we have to pay a ton to get him in a trade. Who's thinking that? Fire him straight away. It is the dumbest concept in the world. If you are swayed by two games of big minutes and big usage into making a trade, then you, your team deserves to suck. And maybe that's what happens. Um, yeah, anyway, that's my thoughts on, uh, you're going to get these little, again, new followers. You're going to get these things come up every year. These little things that shit me. Wait till I get onto talking about buyouts and how much they sucker because they are horrible. Um, but we'll talk about that another day. All right. So let's move on to the last game of the night. Another blowout. The Pelicans beat the Clippers 135, 115. That's a, it's a big win for the Pelicans. Let's look at the Clippers side of things. There was no Patrick Beverly, so Reggie Jackson started. 18 points with four threes. He's an interesting stream for Monday just because you know, Beverly's out and he'll get another start. Kawhi had 23 points with two threes, and Paul George was pretty average in this one, 15 points in 23 minutes. But as you can see by these minutes totals, really hard to get too excited about anything that goes on. Serge Barker hurt his back, or back stiffness, didn't play the second half, had zero points in eight minutes. I'm not 100% convinced that Barker's a must-roster 12-team league. I probably would, but the production's not great. Six points in 14 minutes for Lou Williams is bad, while Batum is a 12-team drop, six points in his 20. Um, if it's a Zubats, 13 minutes in the second half, or 13 minutes in total, three and five, that's not really good. They played Daniel Aturo 12 minutes, so that just shows you how uncompetitive this game was. Luke Kennard shined, but again... Does it really matter in a game like this? 15 points in 19 minutes for the Duck in this game. Really hard to take too much out of it, to be honest. Marcus Morris also shit out zero points in 20 minutes. For the Pelicans, Lonzo was great. 20 and 8 with five assists and five threes. Brandon Ingram had 23, 4 and 5. He was also great. Hit six free throws. Jackson Hayes was great. 17 points, a steal, a block, six from six from the field. Now, he had a poor rebounding game here. He was a bad rebounder in college. I don't know what that means moving forward, but he's been impressive recently. He's not an add in 12-team leagues, but he's a watch, absolutely a watch. 16 teams, I'd add him, and I'd just pay some attention to him in 14-teamers. Zion had 27, 2, and 5. Only one of two from the line is not great, but 83 from the field is awesome. Steve Adams only played 20 minutes. Again, blowout is a, is a factor there. While Kyra Lewis, I thought, looked great. 13-3-4, played 27 minutes. Nikhil Alexander-Walker got, Alexander got hurt, so Lewis got more minutes. But I'd like to see him get these minutes consistently. Eric Bledsoe, eight assists is good, but Bledsoe's a 12-team drop, while Lewis had 13-3-4 again. A really nice stash. I would stash Lewis over Hayes, but I think they could both actually have some 12-team impact at some point this season, as wild as that is to say. Joshy the Hitman Hard had 13 five, and six. He's a good back-end 12-team league player. Let's have a look at the top ads and drops over the last 24 hours. Kenyon Martin Jr. up 33%. I'd add him. He was great. Dwight Howard up 24%. Yep, he's fine if you can deal with the free throws. MC Hamadou Diallo up 11%. I don't fully buy into this. I know he started five games for the Thunder when everybody was out and he was the point guard and he played 37 minutes and even then he wasn't a top 100 player. But um, he's going to have opportunities in Detroit, but they're not going to be that big. I don't think that he's a must-roster 12-team league player. You can add him, sure. I would rather add Kenyon Martin than him. Rudy Gay up 11%. He shit the bed today, but he's fine as a back-end 12-team league guy, while Tone Bradley up 9%. Yeah, look, that's fine as well, but probably more 14-teamers for Tone Bradley. In terms of the drops, Bruce Brown, the Shark, minus 13%. 
He's a drop. Eric Gordon down 9%. He's a drop. Eric Bledsoe down 8%. Get that garbage out of here! Malik Monk down 8% short. Josh Jackson down 7%. You probably want to hold him given Wayne Ellington's out. He's an interesting stream for Monday, but otherwise, yes, I agree. Long term, he's not a guarantee must-hold type of player. The monstrous line of the night was Jimmy Butler, and the rookie of the night was Alexei Pokyshevsky. I'm not going to go through those guys in too much detail here, but let's look at the top 10 guys under 50% roster. Number one is Pokyshevsky. Again, hard to see how the minutes all shake out to be a must-roster, but you have 16 teamers, sure. 14 teamers, why not? Number two, Nathan Knight, great, but not long-term. Vanderbilt, hey, stream him with McDaniels out, no worries. Four, Patrick Williams. I just talked about him as a 14-team type of guy. Sadoransky at five, nice 12-teamer. Thibel at six, good defensive specialist. Seven is Jackson Hayes. We're keeping a real eye on him. Drew Eubanks, again, we're keeping an eye on him as well. Ty Jerome, we're keeping an eye on him, and I'd add Jerome in 16-teamers. And then number 10, uh, number 10, is uh, a player that is completely just blanked in my mind. I need to have a look who that guy was. Where is it? Uh, it's Miller, and I cannot for the life of me think of the first name of uh, Miller. It's uh, Darius Miller. That's who it is, of the Thunder. Yeah, that's why he's out of my mind, because he has absolutely no impact at all on fantasy. And I, th- I don't think we need to worry about that one. Let's move ahead now, looking at Monday for DFS. All right, so let's take a look at Monday's action. There are eight games across the NBA. The first one is the Bucks and the Wizards. Bradley Beal missed last game for the Wizards, he isn't on the injury report, so that's good news. But Davis Bertans and Hull Neto both are. The Bucks are clear, so they're good. No injuries to worry about there. The next game is the Kings and the Hornets. The Hornets, Terry Rozier is questionable. He hurt his leg at the end of the last game. Um, we'll see. If he is out, you just assume Devontae Graham steps back into that role. While for the Kings, still no Hassan Whiteside in the league's safe health and safety protocols. This is a massive total in this game, 240. And we're looking at two and a half point favorites, the Hornets are. The Knicks and the Nets. The Nets are seven and a half point favorites. The total is 225. Timotei Luawu Cabarro is probable. There's still no Blake Griffin. There's still no Kevin Durant. While for the Net, uh, the Knicks, sorry, there's no uh, Derek Rose. There is no, it looks like, Alfred Payton. He is doubtful. Austin Rivers was ruled out earlier in the day, but then the late injury report came through and said that he was active and playing. So we'll see how he goes. You would imagine that Nilakina starts and that quickly gets the bulk of those minutes off the bench. The Spurs and the Pistons, DeMar DeRozan, we don't know whether he will play um, as he is dealing with personal stuff in the funeral. It's also a back-to-back for San Antonio. So will Derek White play? That's the big question now. I guess that they limited him pretty significantly and everyone else because it was such a blowout on Sunday against the Sixers. So maybe there's a chance, but this will be pretty key to see if White is able to play in the back-to-back. While for the Pistons, Hamadou Diallo is not ready. While the Duke, Wayne Ellington, he is doubtful. So their lineup is pretty uh, tough at the moment. Still no Dennis Smith as well. For the next game is the Pacers and the Nuggets. The Nuggets are five-point favorites. The total is 226.5. No Monty Morris, no Gary Harris, but Millsap and Green are both back. While for the Pacers, Jeremy Lamb missed the last game. He's questionable in this one. Of course, Karis LeVert has already returned to action. The Clippers and the Mavericks, this is a back-to-back for the Clippers. I don't expect those guys like Kawhi and Paul George to sit, but you never know. Patrick Beverly will be out, so Reggie Jackson will probably get another start, while the Mavericks should be fully healthy unless you count uh, Tyrell Terry or James Johnson as consequential guys to miss. 
The Grizzlies and the Suns, of course, there's no Jaron Jackson there. There's also no Cameron Johnson for the Suns. He's still dealing with the health and safety protocols, so he will remain sidelined. And then the last game is the Lakers and the Warriors. No Anthony Davis, no Jared Dudley as well. He tore his MCL today. While the Warriors, um, they're okay in terms of injuries. Nothing really to talk about there. In terms of early value on Fangio, you've got to look at Karis Levert. That is the most smashable play of the day. 4,100, that's amazing. I like Zella. I like Quickly. I like 5,800 Drew Holiday. That's insane. Montrez, I forgot to mention the Lakers, no Marcus Sol. Montrez Harrell, 5,900 is awesome. Josh Jackson at 52 with uh, the absence of Wayne Ellington and Diallo. That looks all right. I like Sharich. I like DeLon Wright. I like Isaiah Stewart. I like Kuzma. I like James Wiseman a little bit. I like Derek White if he plays. McCall Bridges, Chris Paul, Jakob Pertl, RJ Barrett, Devin Booker, and the depressed penis, Sadiq Bay. That'll do it for today's show. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.